When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Okay, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom, and that's Bradley Trainer. Apparently, people are also uh, bringing bringing up their ideas, uh, their thoughts about Project Down and Dirty this year. So I guess we'll take either uh, speculation on Project Down and Dirty or what are you going to be for Halloween? I want to know what's popping and locking in the costume game this year in 2021. Um, but before we get to that, I do think we just need to let people know we do have dates locked in in early November. For Project Down and Dirty. Yeah. So just so you know, as you're speculating, which you guys are all doing an amazing job of finding events that are going on and when they're happening, we're looking at early November. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So just to help people along. Yeah. People had great ideas, but they the dates don't work. The dates didn't line up. So uh, anyway, 651-641-1071. What are you doing for Halloween? What are you doing? Well, uh, I will tell you this. Halloween is on this year, I think. Remember oh. last year it was like iffy. Oh, yeah, I don't. It was like, are we doing this? I are mean, we not doing I this? I really struggled with what to do. No, you did not. You did the same thing you always do. You hid under we the couch had, and shut off the lights. We had Halloweeners uh, last year. Trick or treaters, I think you call them. Mm. Um, we call yeah, Halloweeners what we eat for dinner. Oh, hey, we call the. Oh, never mind. Stop um, it. That's what she said. Okay. So, anywho. Mm-hmm. We had to turn off our lights last year. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, I, I do surprised. think there were some trick-or-treaters last year, but I do think, you know, the kids were asking, are we doing Halloween this year? I think people I mean, have figured out mask, how to do it. Yeah. You know, go to places you're comfortable. Yeah. Why not? I think people have figured out how to make it happen yeah. this year. Uh, and so I ask you, what you know, what are the what are the big Halloween outfits? What are the big, I think they're called costumes, what are the big costs? What's your Halloween outfit? That's a homosexual's way of asking about <laughs> Halloween. 651-641-1071. this year, honey? Tell me. Uh, let me tell you what the uh, top 10 outfits for adults are this year. Mm, okay. A witch, a vampire. <laughs> what? I know this is why this is I'm asking because it's so dumb. A ghost, a cat, a pirate, Batman, zombie. Superman. Okay. I mean, it's so, so dumb. Very little changes. Nothing changes. Uh, for kids, it's like Spider Man, a princess, Batman, random superheroes, a witch, a ghost, a pumpkin. Yeah, just throw a sheet on it or throw a cape on it or throw a yeah. uh, you know, crazy wig on it. But I just have a hard time believing that people are that not creative. I will also tell you, nobody wants to talk about Halloween. Okay, what do they Everybody want to wants to talk about what they think we're doing oh, for Project Down and Dirty. By all means. So now we pivot and we go to the phones and we for have Halloween. Maria. You're on your yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't care what you dress up as. Bye. Um, Maria ever shows up naked. Do you ever notice that? Invisible costumes. Yeah. Now that you would know be- that there's some college 
guy, like 22. Yeah, who's showing up who's, at the party who's like, nudie patootie. I have an invisible costume. Let's go to Maria. Hello, Maria. Maria, we've, uh, we're abandoning our, our uh, costume talk. Uh, what is your guess for Project Down and Dirty? I think maybe you're going to be catapulting pumpkins. Okay, so tell me what that means and what, me what, what take, that means. You take all your jack-o'-lanterns that you use for Halloween and you put them on a shovel or you can make your own and then you whip okay. them. <laughs> See, you can throw it the farthest. Okay. Okay, we're, you never catapult. They do it at apple orchards all the time. Oh, okay. Okay, I've never done that deer, before. The deer love them. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to... Assuming gonna... you don't hit the deer. Yeah. Okay, so no. th- <laughs> thank you, Maria. This is true. Now, let's just really quickly run that through the filter. It has the outdoors. It has the scoop. And there's a pumpkin. And there's a pumpkin. Ding, ding, ding. But would Lori and Julia hate that? Yeah. And would we love that? I will say our boss was very m- m- mediocre, uh, mediocre, very wiffle-waffly on whether we would love it or we would like it. Right. So, True. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. I think the biggest hole in that theory is that we typically provide the audience an opportunity to join us. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a performance piece. Like you mm-hmm. could sell tickets to watch us to see who lobbed their pumpkin the farthest. Yeah. Also, this is meant to take four days, and we have to tie in. I guess we could build our like catapult systems. Oh, I suppose, and then we have to tie in uh, some charities. So, be thinking about those things too, as you guess. Let's go to Kimberly. We've got Kimberly on the line. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, guys. Uh, What's your guess, Kimberly? Okay, instead of focusing on scooping up something, what about as like a newscaster, we got to get the scoop. Ah, Ooh, get the scoop. I like what you're you're doing here. You're thinking outside the box. Yes. So, what do you So, okay, if we're scooping like that, what is it like, that what do you think we might be doing outdoors? Outdoor yes. reporting on pumpkins? I don't know about the pumpkins. I I think that might be to kind of throw you off, but you could be doing live reporting or a newscast. Yeah, and maybe pumpkin is the name of, you know, someone on uh, the run from law, from the law. (laughs) I really like to tail your weaving Maybe we're private investigators. I think that... Yeah, I think the scoop is the way to look at it differently. Okay. I like like that. that. Thank Thank you you for that advice, Kimberly. That is, um, it is, I think it is a wise thing to do to try to think about things a little bit differently. And maybe we're also, also invite the possibility that we're overthinking. Let's go to Patty. Yeah, it's usually actually the case. Let's go to Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi. Patty, if you're speculating about Project Down and Dirty, what is it that you think we're going to end up doing this year for Project Down and Dirty? Weather-wise, it could be questionable, but I actually think you're going to do a rodeo. Oh. Now, what makes you think we'd be doing a rodeo? Well, scoop is natural. Yeah, for obvious reasons. A lot of stuff to scoop. Somebody somewhere along the line probably had a horse pony named Pumpkin. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Outside. Okay. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm open to this and thank you for your call, Patty. I mean, there definitely is a performance element to a rodeo. I'm not a fan of rodeos. That would be hard for me. 
worry about the safety. Yeah. Well, I worry about animals. I do too. But uh, who knows? Okay, let's we don't go know to, nothing. Let's go to Christine. Christine, what is your guess for Project Down and Dirty this year? I think you might be doing some type of farming type thing. Like okay. Farmers market and working on the farm and taking care of the animals. I grew up on a farm, so there's definitely a lot of scooping. It involved. sounds like it. Now, where would you where would you figure in the pumpkin? Well, you could be bringing those to um to the market, you know, and harvesting okay. them. Okay. All right. Thank you, Christine. That's true. That's true. Except, I mean, I will say every year, every single farm. year. The farm comes up every well, year. It's such an obvious one. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised we have to be fair. I'm or well, here's the problem. I don't know how you you audienceify that mm-hmm. experience. Like, what do you have people show up for the milking Ooh, time? I mean, hey, come watch me milk a cow. I would show up for that. Actually, if I'm being honest, I would show up to watch. Our staff try to milk, milk a, cow. a cow. Yeah, no, you, you would definitely get some good video experience. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Smell a little funky. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. When we return, all wonderful guesses. Thank you, everybody, for Thank participating. You. We did get a few emails um, from people, uh, a lot of questions about horses, and we also got a pumpkin catapult idea as well. Oh, that's a that's so a popular apparently idea. that is an right. actual thing. A lot of people think we'll be carving pumpkins. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out tomorrow on My Talk 1071. But when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, okay, so there's a story that's been unraveling that has been all the talk, but we have not talked about on the Colleen and Bradley show. And the reason I wanted to bring it to us today is because there is an interesting tie in with pop culture with this um, terrible, awful story about the van life. Uh, woman who mm. was found murdered yeah. and her now missing boyfriend. Somebody has inserted himself into the story. Oh, great. And I have a pretty good feeling that this might be the thing that cracks the case. Oh, and I just think it's bizarre. Right. And we're going to talk about it when we return on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Okay, so we haven't really been talking about this story, but it really has captivated people's attention. And it's the, the story about. Um, the couple who embarked on a journey in their van and then the woman went missing and then the guy went missing, but then the woman turned up dead and now the guy is still missing. Mm-hmm. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk one Oh seven one Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Bye. And the reason I'm bringing it up today, um, because again, I mean, there's just a lot to the story and I know a lot of it happened, Bradley, while you were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe you don't know a whole lot about kind of what has transpired in this story. And honestly, I will say, since I've been back, I just have avoided that story because I just I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Um, But I'm excited to learn more about it because I have like I know the kind of thin details. And I did Mm -hmm. see this dog, the bounty hunter story. And I'm like, what? Where's what's going on? Well, so that's the reason why I brought it up is because uh, there is now a a crossover with pop culture. And that is the dog, the bounty hunter has joined the search party mm-hmm. looking for Brian Laundry. Brian Laundry is wanted as a person of interest in the death of his girlfriend, uh, Gabby Petito, who's the person who he returned from this trip. She was missing yeah. when he returned from the trip. 
And then, and he has not been made, made, has not made himself available for interviews and lawyered up and then disappeared. So now Dog the Bounty Hunter is like, if anybody can find him, it's me. And now he's shown up in this um, park in uh, Florida where his family lives, where Brian Laundrie's family lives. And this is apparently the park where Brian, okay, so. Brian comes back, lawyers up, won't talk to authorities, nothing. Yeah. Then they find the body of Gabby Petito and they're able to discern that she, that it is indeed her and that she did in fact die. Mm-hmm. And they are able to construct some sort of timeline. Okay. They go back to Brian Laundry, and he's poof, gone. He's gone. And the parents say, yeah, he, we don't know where he is. But didn't they like, somebody said uh, or told me they like went to pick up his car or something shady. Turns out... They also went camping as a family. The parents and Brian Laundrie went camping together at this Fort DeSoto. Now, part of the thing that you need to know about Brian Laundrie is that he's able to live off the grid because he has been for a period of time, right? So okay. he's he's familiar with camping. He's familiar with roughing it out in the terrain. Yeah. So he and his family, he and his parents go camping at this Fort DeSoto from September 1st to the 3rd. And then people who work at the gates of the camp say three people came in and two people left. So Dog the Bounty Hunter shows up. And I don't know. Are the cameras there? I mean, is he do? Is this a special for him? I don't know. I don't know. But he shows up and he's like, okay, here's what I think. I think he's still here in this camp area. Okay. And we know that he knows the camp area because... We know, meaning we know that Brian Laundry knows that camping area yeah. because he and his girlfriend, Gabby Petito, had camped there. And there are pictures of them doing that. Okay. Dog the Bounty Hunter is like, I think he's here and I think he's using a canoe or a kayak to go from island to island to try to oh. evade the search parties. Okay. So he's sneaking around. Yeah. And I honestly, listen, stranger things have happened. When Dog the Bounty Hunter shows up and is inserting himself into the storyline, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, I am conditioned to think he knows exactly what he's doing and exactly what well, he's, he's talking about. Well, he's got a record of finding people, right? right? So Interesting, though, that he's like, the one that cracks this case. The actual authorities aren't the ones that are doing their job. Which, what? I mean... I'm sure they're doing it something. I just... Mr. Hunter... Well, believes that he has some special skills. And that's what I think is interesting about this. I mean, there are, listen, the, the, all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Authorities are searching for Brian Laundry. I don't know. And maybe they're not trying, they're purposely not trying to 
tell us sensationalize it. Yeah, or like tell us where they have leads, you know, because that can tip the person who's on the run off and then they run in a different direction. It's so weird. Like you just assume like he offed his girlfriend and is now on the run. But then you can also see a situation where like what if his parents did something and then they did something to him? I mean, I don't know. Like stranger things have happened. But it does seem like the most obvious explanation is if. You know, you're but you could imagine too, like let's say something horrible did happen, you knew it wasn't you, but you had no proof it wasn't mm-hmm. you. You'd be kind of freaked out because you'd know that everybody's gonna think it's you. And I could see where that would make someone run. Well, it's really interesting because every time like I I only casually follow this story. There are people yeah. who are oh, for down sure. to yeah. the detail on it. Yeah. I very casually follow it. Like I could tell you a rough timeline of how things went. Um, but I will see occasionally stories pop up about, for example, yesterday one showed up in my news feed that was about the a woman who believes that she might have been the last person to see Brian Laundrie. Okay. When she picked him up, he was hitchhiking, and she dropped him off up the hill from the place where his van was parked, which is also the same place where they found the body of Gabby oh. Petito. And in the, in the telling of the story, and of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, she says, he seemed really normal until we got to the place where I was going to drop him off. And then he couldn't get out of the car fast enough. And sometimes you read those things and you think, okay, how much of that is revisionist history now, knowing what we know now? Oh, for sure. Do, they, how, do we know, I mean, again, I, uh, did we know how she died? We don't have details on okay. that. Um, we do know that foul play is involved. Okay. Um, but again, it's like, because that's the other thing is, you know, the authorities have far more information oh, than sure. we have. Yeah. But also we live in the social media age and we live in an age where everybody is doing their own investigative work on this. And then dog, the bounty hunter shows up. And so this is for some reason, this is this case that has risen to the level of sort of like pop culture involvement. Oh, sure. It's and, take, I mean, I saw headlines while I was gone that whole week. I, I didn't read them because I was like, I don't kind of want to go to a dark place right now. Um, right. But this is one of those stories. And and then there was that whole second or, or sort of reaction to the story mm-hmm. is like, hey, you guys, FYI, I know we're all paying attention to this one story, but there are a lot of other stories by women who never get covered mm-hmm. um, or the level of attention that this one individual has gotten. And. I know that was a whole conversation as well. So mm-hmm. it definitely has risen to a level where, you know, when people are um, talking about it on Twitter, you know, it's reached a oh yeah, like a new level of attention. Well, and it is. It's at this place where it's almost like it's a real story, but you almost feel like you're watching a movie play oh, sure. out, which I think is why it's become so salacious yeah, and yeah, because people treat it like entertainment. Well, just know Dog the Bounty Hunter He's is on, on the case and uh hopefully hopefully we'll get we'll get some answers sooner rather than later. I mean, hopefully for her family exactly. that would be a bad thing, right? Exactly. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, dumb people nope, cra- you know, yeah. douchebags after bags. this. Yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> okay, we've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. We have a name for those celebrities behaving badly, and that name is... Douchebags! Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. 
Well, I just kind of got a combo platter, but um, we're going to focus on Yahoo Life and one Candace Cameron Puree. Mm. I'll have the number six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The combo platter. Oh, mm-hmm. I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> Candace, I was like, does she like the combo platters, that Candace? No, Candace Cameron Bure, um, I saw this article and it just makes my eye rolls because I feel like this is becoming a thing with her and I just want her to not let this. So I don't know if it's Yahoo Life who's making it a thing or if she's making a thing, but like thing, let's not do that. Let's not be. Full House star Candace Cameron Bure is calling out haters after posting a new TikTok. Mm. Oh, honey. <sighs> Haven't we done this like five times? Well, already? she, you know what? She is like, she is almost a Khloe Kardashian yes. level clapper back. Yes. Clap backer. Okay, so. Back clapper. She's a back clapper. Isn't that like, that was like a song in the 70s. Mm. Back clapper. Wasn't that a song? No. It's backstabber. Okay. Right? Sure. God. Anyway. Um, try to get 70s Motown references. A few days ago, the Hallmark star mastered a TikTok dance trend set to an upbeat version of Kenny Chesney's 2004 country song, When the Sun Goes Down. She was dressed in blue frayed mm-hmm. jeans, a ruched gray sweater, and sneakers. Then Candace propped up her phone in her living room and playfully twirled around, hitting her marks with a smile. Okay. And and people hate and and remember what is going on. She's call, uh, calling out haters, which implies that people hated this. And why were they hating? I thought you were a Christian. Okay, is she not allowed to dance? Oh, is this am I miss, Am what? I missing something? Where's John Lithgow? Um, she through that. Where's Kevin Bacon? Someone also said, "Call nine one one. Someone stole your ass." Oh my god. That's so rude. People are terrible. Now, okay, so people are terrible, but can I ask, actually, I want you to go to her thing, but... I'm you, looking at it. Okay, so you're actually, are, do you see the comments? Are you looking at I the TikTok? I can't see the comments because I'm not logged in. I'm looking at the t- TikTok. Excuse me? Okay. Looking at the what? Looking at the TikTok. I you said, we're going to say TikTok. <laughs> no. That's a different social media No, service. I'm looking at the TikTok. No, but what I was going to say is I want, because what I would suggest is to look at the comments. Most of the comments are probably like, Emma girl, girl, you go, you go, girl. Mm-hmm. I love this. I need to get that shirt. Is it yours? Is it available? Somebody said, yeah, that sweat, sweatshirt. Excuse me? She says, yeah, that sweatshirt is sushi be clothing and it'll be available. So my point is there were a lot of really positive comments. And of course there were a few buts of the whole nature. Yeah. And like, that's, that's normal. Why are we giving headlines to like two idiots on TikTok mm-hmm. and then turning Candace Cameron Bure's uh, personality online or um, in tabloids as the back clapper, right? A la Kourtney Kardashian. Like, I don't understand being that person. Mm-hmm. Also, it's not that people are calling her. I don't know. Like. There is a segment of her followers who think that she is like representative of some Christian ideal mm-hmm. that she has never said she was. Mm-hmm. But like those people, because this has happened before where people are like, that's scandalous. You're showing skin. We don't do that. Right. <gasps> like it was very, very particular to this very, very small group of people. Like 
But she elevates that particular criticism in a way that just makes me think this is an insecurity thing with her. And I'm like, girl, you realize that you have now given everybody the keys to your insecurity kingdom. And it also just makes you look kind of it that that is a characteristic of your personality that you are now putting out there in the world. And of the five things, because in a given day, how many times do you pay attention and see the words Candace Cameron Bure? Very rarely. No. Do you want it to always be? clapping back well you know the interesting thing about it is when she was a contestant on dancing with the stars she made a big deal out of the fact that she would not wear a lot of the more revealing costumes right so then she did sort of build that reputation but then what i find interesting is similar to kind of what you said bradley is that then when she's criticized for maybe showing too much skin she has to clap back at it well, and again, so it's that, like you invited that, but then now you're pushing that away, which is why I said that it involves that it's clear that that's an insecurity for her. Like right. She is insecure about her being judged by those in her faith for doing things that um, are not acceptable, which she also has actually said, I'm not going to do that because of my faith. Right. So it's again, it's that like tug of war about like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a certain thing yeah but then if you see me doing something different and you call me out on it then i'm gonna not i'm gonna clap back at that it's so bizarre yeah, also who does want to be known as the clap back person yeah well courtney kardashian or chloe kardashian does for sure and i think she i think it's safe to say at this point that candace cameron bure does Bure, how do you even say your name? Bure, 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 Bure. Bure. I'm saying Bure. So that obviously is something she wants attached, and I'm increasingly of that opinion because, you know, it's one thing if a news outlet gets lazy and decides to look at your social media and create one of these clapback stories because mm-hmm. they are really. I mean, you can you can literally go. Which is also why you shouldn't clap back right. as a celebrity because then people are just going to focus on that. But so, yeah, tabloids can be lazy, but like these stories keep popping up for her in particular, which makes right. me believe that this is something very um, intentional on her part. And that I don't understand because I don't understand the benefit you get from being the clapback person. And, you know, yeah. Also, it's really interesting because I'm watching her TikTok channel right now, and she's definitely this is this is definitely her next phase. Like she's trying to make her TikTok persona a thing. Oh, I'm sure because yeah. she's definitely doing all the TikTok trends, and seems to be caring less about some of the things she cared about at different times in her career. Mm-hmm. Ooh, do you want to know who my D bag? Yes, is? please. Bill Cosby. Oh, God. Well, duh. Oh, man. What's he doing now? Standing up for R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. That seems like a great idea. Tell me more. Well, so you know that R. Kelly uh, was convicted on all nine counts against him in his sex trafficking trial on Monday? Woohoo! Yes. It's in that trial, I followed a little bit online. And some of the testimony was beyond anything we'd heard before. I could not. I, you know how you, there were certain things you wouldn't follow because you couldn't go toward the yuck. I couldn't go toward that yuck because I just knew and I could tell it yuck. Anyway, so yes, he's been convicted on all nine counts against him. Well, uh, Bill Cosby believes that 
R. Kelly was, quote, screwed mm-hmm. and that he wasn't going to catch a break. Oh. Um, his. Wonder, go ahead. Does that apply to everyone that's been accused of or convicted of in both cases? Um, sexual assault, child sex trafficking, et cetera. Well, I, I think actually to answer your question, sex trafficking, I don't think it was child. Sex it was, tra- but there were children. There were involved. children involved. Yeah. yeah. I, um, to answer your question, I will answer you with a statement from Bill Cosby's spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, which will tell you that it seems as though <laughs> Bill Cosby feels that specifically for people who are in the entertainment industry. Oh, okay. Because their entertainment should supersede the crimes that they've committed. He says, quote, uh, and this is, by the way, the words of Andrew Wyatt on behalf of Bill Cosby. Uh, Andrew Wyatt said the deck was stacked against Robert. That's R. Kelly's uh, real Mm -hmm. first name. His constitutional rights were grossly abused. I don't know anywhere but in this country, in the United States, that a documentary can bring criminal charges against someone. No one fought hard for him. His attorneys didn't humanize him. He also didn't have the resources and means. He should have asked for support from the court. He could have gotten better representation. This is the guy, and this is where you realize that this is about the legacy or the art over the actual human behavior. This is a guy who made the song, I Believe I Can Fly. When there were rumors about young girls, the song played at every wedding and in every church. He was doing music with Lady Gaga. So basically he's saying this guy was talented. He was doing this music. There were all these rumors. But look at look at the art he he did. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew yeah, who he was like and he didn't get a fair shake. Himself. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Physician heal thyself. Also, based on the... Um, sales and streaming of his music. Mm-hmm. I am very disturbed by humanity. Mm-hmm. Oh, are, have they gone up? I don't know if they've gone up, but I know they've still been rather. Mm, uh, what's the word? St- they've a it's, lot. It's continued. Yeah, like like there He's is still not a significant drop off in uh, people downloading and listening to his music and look some people can make that thing right like i get it that's like a people can do whatever they want i'm just saying it tells us that people don't seem to make that distinction which tells me very likely i'm gonna assume for the sake of humanity that they just haven't paid attention to the details because i think once you do pay attention to the details of what he actually did i mean I don't see how you could ever listen to his voice. Um, well, and I specifically, will, I will say this. I have had an opportunity to hear one of his songs after we heard more of the convictions yeah. and it changed the song for me. Mm. You know, it, yeah, I'm the, sure what he's singing about. It changes the whole context of it. Yeah. Ugh. Man. Anyway, Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby for always just having the right thing to say at the right time. Wrong and wrong. Being facetious. Yeah. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, look, look, there's another D-bag. Another one? Yeah, we're going to do a little D-bag double down after this on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. What up, kids? We had an extra D-bag lying around, and uh, we call that a D-bag. Double down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. 
Bang is the psychiatrist. What? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. <clears throat> Your psychiatrist? Not my psychiatrist. Okay, I don't good. have one of those. I should probably get one. Mm. But what I do... Uh, or what I am talking, or the psychiatrist in question I am discussing as my Z-Bank down is this one that was a part of a story over at CMC. Mm. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Anyway, so I saw this story, uh, and I actually listened to this interview uh, that this guy did on TMZ Live. And his name is Dr. Charles Sophie. He appeared on TMZ Live Tuesday, that's yesterday, mm-hmm. and revealed that around eight or ten months ago, someone on Britney's team approached him to come and evaluate her medication situation. Explanation extravagation. Okay. He says there was clearly a concern at the time that Britney was being excessively, quote, pumped full of drugs to the point that she was not able to clearly speak for herself. Ugh. Now, that's a story. Fascinating. I think we've all had questions or curiosity about her mental state. Correct. But we also do that thing where we're like, yeah, so here's the thing. Your mental health is your own business. Right. And it's nobody else's business unless you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a lot of stigma around it, which is why it's mostly your business to share. Because people interpret someone's you know, mental health situation as like problematic or indicative of why negative things happen right. or bad behavior or like there's the, the stigma is just not helpful. Right? right. Which is why he's my D bag double down uh, this Dr. Charles Sophie, because first of all, excuse me, sir, why, why do you have a license for anything right now? You're talking to TMZ about yeah. maybe you're not giving details per se, but I feel like the fact that you are acknowledging that someone reached out to you and wanted to have you. Now, he didn't. He did not evaluate her medication. Okay. Like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole, mm-hmm, but I'm going mean, to talk about it to TMZ. Yeah, he dec- he says he declined the invite because he didn't want to get involved in what he thought was a power struggle in the conservatorship, which, again, fascinating. Peel back the curtain. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that story. Uh, thank you for your details. But why are you telling us why you were even involved? And, the, you know, you don't take my word for it. Look no further than last night's Britney versus Spears documentary on Netflix, which we referenced at the beginning of the show. Go da- go listen to the first hour of the podcast today, wherein there was a doctor who allegedly was asked to evaluate her originally. That mm-hmm. was a geriatric psychiatrist, I believe. Mm-hmm or therapist of some kind. No, it was a geriatric psychiatrist. Yeah. That was asked to allegedly asked to evaluate her or allegedly did evaluate her and would not even admit that he had been asked Mm-mm. to do so. No, he would much comment on whether he did. He would comment on scenarios mm-hmm. that they presented, but he would not yeah. acknowledge that he actually met her or evaluated like her. Like you could say, in is it common for blah, blah, blah? And right. he could say yes or no, but he wasn't going to give specifics. So I'm like, this dude should not be... Tr-, like Because it just makes me not want to believe anything you're saying. Well, 
also you start to really see why it is that Britney Spears doesn't trust anybody around her. Nor should she, honestly. I wouldn't. Right. Because you don't know. Like there was also, um, there was like an attorney. One of the attorneys in one of the documentaries is like, why are you talking about this? Mm Mm-hmm. Like the attorneys that um, were involved um, with Brittany or with her father, I just uh, that are no longer. I'm like, why would you even just acknowledge? Like, what are what's that getting you mm-hmm. or giving us? Because it's not really giving us much, but it does make you lo- sort of look sketchy ethically. Oh, for sure, it looks like you would sell yourself uh, for a salacious story, which is exactly what I think about this Dr. Charles Sophie for you know stepping forward and telling tales out of school about really sensitive information, right? I mean, it is one thing to have legal documents that that indicate that some nefarious things were going on with her medication. It is quite another thing for a doctor who was invited to evaluate her to step forward willingly and tell a story about something he doesn't know the full story of. Yeah. I will say I did cringe a little bit last night when I was watching Britney versus Spears you know, they receive a tranche of documents. Mm-hmm. I think that's the technical term. A tranche. A big buttload of documents mm-hmm. that included, and again, we don't know, maybe Brittany gave these documents. I don't know why she would have them because she doesn't seem to have access to anything in her life, any sort of privacy. But um, somebody gave over a bunch of documents, which included some medical documents. I was like, I don't know how I feel about you sharing that because mm-hmm. again, it re- it requires you to be very, and and I guess... I can assume because you're a professional that you're following some ethical standard. But I, when you only show part of something, mm-hmm. that's that opens things up to interpretation that I don't know what's benefit. Like, why do we all need to interpret Britney's medical? Because here, for example, there has been this idea that she was over medicated on X factor. Mm-hmm. Now, when I learned that as I'm watching last night, I thought to myself, that actually makes a lot of sense because I will tell you mm-hmm. that when we watched X Factor with Britney Spears, you know, I remember thinking very clearly, this is a great thing for her, this X Factor job, because it's going to give her a chance to like sort of reestablish herself. Right. It's a regular job. She needs to like, you know, get up and show up for work every day to have some routine. Like that's kind of like where we were at, I think, back mm-hmm. then. And then when we watched, we'd be like kind of cringy, like, oh, she just doesn't seem, she seems kind of catatonic. Kind of seemed vacant. Right? Yeah. And so when you learn last night that, you know, there are these ideas that she was being pumped full of um, either stimulants or sedatives, it just seemed like, okay, so that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But also... Why do I get to make that judgment? Like, I feel uncomfortable about making that Mm -hmm. judgment because I don't have all of the information. Right. I'm, and I, I feel like that's the problem we're having with all of this is like, we're all trying to make some recommendation for what's right for Brittany or do you know what I mean? Right. We don't have the actual information. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, you know what's interesting about that is, you know, because we have assumptions, we all make assumptions about what was going on, right? That's natural and normal. Yeah. Um, but you're right. When it's presented in that way in the documentary, you're supposed to feel a certain way, and it does feel a little manipulative. This is semi unrelated, but it, it I just it occurred to me one of for me the most shocking 
parts of that documentary last night was the story that was told about, and they showed some of the footage for that documentary on the record that, Mm -hmm. that they, and did that ever come out? I don't think so. That they were doing, oh, it must not have, that they were doing filming for. There's a part in it where they take her out to the desert and she's in a car. Yeah. And she's being driven and, and, you know, they're like, there's a big surprise for you in the desert. There's a big surprise. It's, you're going to have a day. You're going to feel normal again. And she looks off in the distance and she goes, is that my car? And they're like, yes, you get to drive your car. And they'd set up a day in the desert for her to drive her car. Mm-hmm. So she could feel like now that I feel like, okay, there's no medical information being exchanged there. That tells me a story about the level of control that they had over her. That was a meaningful story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These showing her medical records in bits and pieces and telling stories about her actual medical information. Yeah. That's a different kind of story that I don't feel qualified to understand. Also, it did premiere on November 30th, 2008 on MTV. Why didn't I watch that? I don't know. Oh, what were you doing? I'll watch that later. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, what is your least favorite fruit flavor? 651 641